Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Friday Night Smackdown post-show for December 9th, 2022. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Friday evenings, wherever you may be, man. I am uh, I'm a little messed up this week, man. I'm working on my fucking laptop right in front of me. Because my PC, apparently the bootloader in the PC was fried. I don't know why. They said one of two things. Number one, it was a virus. Jade Cargill pretty much infiltrated my goddamn PC. No, I'm kidding. Uh, A virus of some sort. And I use my PC for work-related things only. And that is it. So I don't know how a virus would have gotten in there. Or Windows had corrupted my hard drive. So I'm working off of a laptop. I'm working off of my iPad. My desk is a fucking mess, which you can't see because you're looking at the beautiful OTS venue. But uh, I should be getting my PC back on Monday, tip-top shape. And the boys over at Paradox PCs uh, right here in Long Island, man. It's fucking great. So we got uh, them working on it, and that is uh, basically what is going on there. But uh, I am going to give you the content that you need all weekend, man. We're not going to go away. We're not going to take days off because I have no PC, man. I will uh, do whatever I can to give you guys content. We're live tonight. We're going to be live tomorrow after uh, Ring of Honor and NXT. So I will be doing a double review tomorrow night. I have a feeling that NXT show is going to yield some newsworthy stuff. So we'll go live after that. Or maybe I'll just gauge on what everybody else is doing. I'm not sure what's going on yet with that, but uh, I will keep you guys posted on that. And then Sunday, we'll be live for the flagship podcast. Plenty of news for Sunday's show. We got a a lot of stuff to talk about. William Regal stuff broke this week. Sasha Banks, Roman Reigns. You name it, man. There's going to be plenty of stuff to talk about this weekend on the podcast. And uh, you guys will get that on Sunday. But tonight is tonight, man. We got to talk about SmackDown. SmackDown was uh, an okay show. It was it was a decent and enjoyable show for two hours. Not the best effort that SmackDown has given us so far. WWE's been very lackluster as of late, coming out of Survivor Series, coming out of War Games. They were even lackluster going into Survivor Series. I honestly think that they're just prepping us, and I don't want to make any excuses because a bad show is a bad show, and these shows have not really been all that enjoyable, especially on Monday. SmackDown is a lot better than Monday. You guys know this. The energy is just different on Friday night compared to Monday. Monday just seems like a fucking bore fest, but I think they're just getting us ready, and they will be doing what they need to do to get us ready for the Royal Rumble and the start of WrestleMania season. So, I don't want to make any excuses like I said, but WWE right now is slacking. They are slacking big time. 
Tonight's show didn't really offer anything of importance. They didn't really further any storylines except for the Bray Wyatt and L.A. Knight storyline, uh, or at least storylines that we care about. We don't care about the women's uh, title bullshit. We don't care about Ronda and Raquel. We don't care about Shotzi. You know, all of this stuff is just very mid. Intercontinental Championship stuff has been very good with Gunther Ricochet. I'm looking forward to that next week. Obviously, the bloodline defending the tag team titles against the Brawling Brutes. That was very good in the open. A banger, as Sheamus would say. But outside that, there really wasn't anything of importance on this show at all. So I'm not even going to go into the actual show tonight. I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to go over some basic news and notes coming out before SmackDown. There's more... There's more interest in the rumors surrounding the SmackDown brand than there are coming out of the SmackDown show. And I want to start at the top. And we're going to do some news and rumors right at the go here. WWE has discussed the idea of Roman Reigns working both nights of WrestleMania 39. Well, well, man, where'd you hear that one before, man? I was calling this shit months ago before anybody else in the community was... uh, Blabbing their fucking lips about it. We called this shit months ago if it was going to be the case. Listen, Paul, I know you listen to the show, bro. It's all right. You can admit it, man. Listen, all you got to do is call me up, okay? I'll take a trip up to Stanford, Connecticut on I-95, man. I'll make a stop in Greenwich. Right? I know some people in Greenwich. I know some good people in Greenwich. And then uh, we'll, uh, we'll get to work. And you don't even have to pay me all that much, man. I'll come cheap, really. Couple of, couple of old fashions in the evening, right, to get, to get the, the juices flowing. Starbucks coffee or four in the afternoon. Well, listen, we could go send Bruce to go get the coffees, man. I'd love that. Bruce, a nice Irish cream cold brew with a one of them cranberry bliss bars for the holiday. Yeah, Bruce, I know, I know listen. You know, before I know it, the Cranberry Bliss bars from Starbucks will be all gone because Bruce, you know, you know he's, uh, he's backing on the pounds there, Bruce. Listen, I need my Cranberry Bliss, okay? That's all I need. That's it. I'll work for cheap. Now, all kidding aside, I have mentioned this. I have mentioned this in the last few months. And if you guys have been listening to me, you, uh, you know the deal. So we got Roman Reigns apparently wrestling two nights on night one and night two, while WWE is hoping to have The Rock for WrestleMania 39 for a match against Roman Reigns, there's also speculation right now that if the match can't happen, clearly, if it can't happen, there's only one man that needs to be in the main event on Sunday night, and that is the, the man himself, the American Nightmare, the Roller Coaster. Cody Rhodes will be in line for a title match at WrestleMania when he will win the 2023 Men's Royal Rumble match. Now, in the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer reported that there have been discussions about Reigns working both nights of WrestleMania 39. Meltzer says, and I quote, One of the things talked about internally in WWE right now is for Reigns to wrestle both nights at Mania, with the working ideas being Cody Rhodes and Dwayne Johnson. Nothing is definite, and actually today is the best bet 
is that it won't take place like that. That's what Meltzer says. There is also talk of splitting up the titles, so Raw has a world champion after Mania. Now, if that is the case, uh, WWE uh, will cross that bridge when we get there. We'll talk about that in a second. WWE wants to have plans finalized before mid-January, which is uh, fastly approaching. And this idea of Reigns potentially wrestling on both nights of Mania is just talk right now and not set in stone. Now, the last time we saw Roman Reigns was in the War Games match at Survivor Series. He is out right now, which I'll get into in another story separate from this. He has a ruptured eardrum. He will be making his return next week. His last title match was against Logan Paul at Crown Jewel. And Survivor Series saw the Bloodline defeat the Brawling Brutes with Drew McIntyre and Kevin Owens inside the debut of War Games on the main roster. Now, I've talked about this several, several, several times. And this is as easy as it comes for WrestleMania. And I want to start with Roman Reigns. A lot of people are like, oh, well, they need to split the titles. They need to split the titles before WrestleMania. They need to give the WWE Championship back to Monday Night Raw. On a normal night, I would agree with you. On a normal man, I would agree with you. We need a WWE Championship on Monday Night Raw. The United States Championship is not doing it at the top. There needs to be a solid world title program so that Monday Night Raw could feel important. Right now, it feels like garbage on Monday night. The thing is, this is what people don't understand. WWE will not allow Roman Reigns to creatively be booked to lose before he wrestles Dwayne. So the titles being split before WrestleMania is not going to happen, okay? It's not going to happen. Another thing that people are talking about, you know, the geeks in the community, this is why I'm here and you're over there. Another thing that people are talking about is I pitched Cody and Roman on night two. And then we do Roman and Rock on night one. So Roman, Rock, Saturday, and then Cody and Roman on Sunday. People had a problem with that because they are absolutely brain dead. They don't think they spew and then they don't really think about what they're expressing to people. Why would you go and do that? Why would you go and do that? Now, reverse them. Reverse that situation. If you do Cody and Roman on Saturday and then Roman and Rock on Sunday and we have Roman losing, right? We have Roman losing to Cody before we get to Roman. Why would that look good to you? Why would that look good to you? This man has been undefeated, or I should say, yes, I guess he can call himself undefeated. The guy has not been pinned for how many days? Now, we're going on what, 800 days? 850 days? Why would you have Roman lose one title and then go into Sunday still a world champion? This is what people don't grasp. If Roman is going to lose, Roman needs to lose everything. Roman needs to lose both titles in the same match. And then we worry about splitting the titles whenever that time comes. See, people don't process. People don't think. They think that they know what's best. I do this shit for a living, man. I, I think, breathe, sleep, and fucking contemplate pro wrestling. I think about all this shit every fucking day. 
Why would you have Roman lose one championship so he goes into the following night still a champion? If he's still a champion on Sunday night, it would actually diminish what Cody Rhodes did. And what Cody Rhodes did was beat Roman Reigns for the world fucking title. You actually take away from Cody Rhodes if you have Roman go into Sunday night as a champion. So why would you have why would you do that? I don't really understand that. This is what we're going to do. This is what's best for business right now. If The Rock does not happen, which I am going to say, I'm making a prediction right now. I think we get Roman and Rock at WrestleMania. I do. I think Rock is going to be included at WrestleMania. If you don't do it this year, forget about it. I'm tired of hearing about it. tired of talking about it. If they want to do it next year, I mean, it could happen next year. We don't really need Roman versus Rock to happen for the championships. We don't. But you want Roman to go into that match as the tribal chief, right? If Roman loses before Rock, he's not really the tribal chief because the tribal chief is on the island of relevancy and he's the head of the table. All of that, again, is diminished. So WWE is really looking at a very, very easy situation here. You do one of two things. If Rock is going to be a part of WrestleMania, then Cody wins the Royal Rumble. Simple. Cody wins the Royal Rumble. He challenges Roman to a world championship match at WrestleMania. After the Royal Rumble, The Rock presents himself, and The Rock doesn't need a match. The Rock doesn't need a number one contender. The Rock doesn't need wins. The Rock is going to come back to the WWE and basically pick a fight with Roman for everything he's done and everything that he's done to the family dishonoring the family and talking down about the family. He's the head of the table and this stuff. Rock, all he needs to do is come on in and take issue with what Roman has said. Simple. Roman Reigns going into WrestleMania with two major storylines surrounding him. This is what we live for when it comes to WrestleMania. You're going to go into WrestleMania with Roman at the highest he's ever been, and then WrestleMania will be the downfall of the bloodline and the tribal chief. You cannot script it any better than that. You can't. You have an opportunity to tell one of the greatest stories of the last 20 years in WWE, and this is what needs to be. Cody wins the Rumble. He gets the match on Sunday because the winner of the Royal Rumble gets the main events of WrestleMania. The main event of WrestleMania is the very last match of the entire show. Cody Roman, Sunday night, World Championship. Then you do Roman and Rock on Saturday night. Oh, well, what are you gonna, WWE won't do Roman and Rock on Saturday. They'll never do that. Why? Why won't they do that? Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestled on Saturday night against Kevin Owens, and Stone Cold Steve Austin is just a bit, just as big of a wrestling star as The Rock ever was. So if it's good for Stone Cold, why wouldn't it be good for Dwayne? Additionally, WWE has now normalized pay-per-view on Saturday night. Every major pay-per-view that they have is on Saturday night. So the biggest events of the calendar year happen on Saturday. Why would anybody have a fucking problem with Roman and Rock on Saturday nights? This way, WWE could have Roman beat The Rock because it makes no sense for Rock to beat Roman. That'll serve as The Rock's retirement match. Roman beats The Rock. Hopefully no injuries happen in that. 
He remains undefeated. He goes into Sunday night and the bloodline on Sunday night. That's where we see the downfall. Roman loses to Cody. He loses both championships. We got the Usos losing both of those championships to Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Come Monday Night Raw, the bloodline is finished. Cody Rhodes holds the Universal and WWE Championships. He shows up on Monday Night Raw, and he wants only one championship, which is the WWE Championship, and he brings it back to Monday Night Raw. He gives up, willingly, the Universal Championship, and it is separated from Cody via the draft. Title goes back to SmackDown. Roman can challenge for it once again. Whichever, whichever you want to do. You want to do a tournament? You want to do a battle royal? You want to do one of these six-pack challenges? You want to do a fucking uh, gauntlet match? Whatever the case may be. WWE will have fun crowning a new champion on SmackDown via any which way that they want. This is what needs to do. This is what WWE needs to do. That is the simplest way to go about everything. Roman wrestles on Saturday. Roman wrestles on Sunday. Roman is at a level right now where he should be the star attraction of WrestleMania because nobody of the modern era has done what Roman Reigns has done. You wanted to make the last 1,000 days about Roman. You wanted to make the last 1,000 days about the bloodline. Now WrestleMania this year in Los Angeles, the biggest WrestleMania of all time, the biggest attendance record that WrestleMania will ever have, Roman should wrestle on Saturday and Sunday. This is not rocket science. This is very easy to get across. And I don't know why WWE is contemplating this and contemplating that and doing this and, oh, my God. Oh, it's so confusing. I just booked everything for you without any, any, any hesitation. It's simple. Simple. Now, if Rock doesn't wrestle at all, Cody wins the Rumble. Cody gets the match at WrestleMania. Same thing that I just said without Roman and Rock. That's it. We just do everything the same thing minus Dwayne. Any questions? No. All right. Class dismissed. I'll see you guys later. There you go. There you go. Why would Roman get a title rematch once he loses, though? I'm not saying that he will, Larry Jackson. I'm not saying that he will. But you know Roman. He's going to want another shot at the championship. Maybe he doesn't get one. I don't know. But I think after this run... Roman should not look at another championship ever again. Honestly. Now, the other question is, what do we do with the Elimination Chamber? What do we do with the Elimination Chamber? If Roman is going to have two championship matches at WrestleMania, theoretically, let's think out loud here, let's think ahead. What are we doing with the Elimination Chamber? Because we have one man holding both championships, and if it was a normal year and we had both championships separated on both Raw and SmackDown, one would win the Rumble, get one championship match. The other championship match would be determined inside the Elimination Chamber. So what we're going to do this year, if Roman wants to be the fucking head of the table, Roman Reigns is going to defend one of those, or I guess both world championships, inside the Elimination Chamber. Can he actually make it to WrestleMania as the world heavyweight champion? But it won't be just any Elimination Chamber. It will be a... Elimination Chamber where Sami Zayn is also involved. And that's where we get the Sami Zayn beatdown. Sami Zayn is going to really be pressed about what to do. Sami Zayn is going to be in the Elimination Chamber, theoretically, with Roman. And he's going to be asked to lay down. I'm the tribal chief. You know what to do. You serve me. Right? 
Sami Zayn's not going to really obey that. He's going to go in there and he's going to try and win the world championship because this would be his greatest opportunity to do so. And then at that point, that's where his allegiance lies, not with the bloodline, and they beat him down. And Roman, after the match, kicks him out. And in Montreal, beats the shit out of him, and that beatdown needs to have some fucking... There needs to be a bloody Sami Zayn coming out of Montreal. And then that's where we get the Usos involved, and that's where we get Roman involved, and they all beat down Sami. They take out KO, and it's going to be one heartfelt fucking revenge. I'm taking those titles from the Usos angle going into WrestleMania. Either have Roman defend both of those championships or you don't put him in an Elimination Chamber match at all. And the Elimination Chamber is basically serving just the women in Montreal, which I would not recommend because anytime we get, you know, something like that with the ladies only, it usually is never, never that interesting. So it's going to be very interesting to see what they do with that. But yes, that is what we do with the World Championship match at WrestleMania. And I'm sure I'll talk about this again on Sunday but if you guys want any inside scoop on what's going on here, if you guys want any opinion from anybody else in the I don't know what everybody else is talking about. I've been talking about this shit for like five, six months now. Cody, 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 Cody. I've been mentioning Cody ever since he came back to the WWE. Cody and Roman. Cody and Roman. That's it. That's what needs to be done. So I'm looking forward to that. Right now it is being talked about, and hopefully it is just not a idea they actually put that into action. Speaking of Roman Reigns, he's out with a ruptured eardrum. McIntyre is out as well. They were both inside the War Games match. In the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Meltzer provided updates on Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre. Both Reigns and McIntyre are out of action for right now due to suffering ruptured eardrums at Survivor Series. So both guys suffered ruptured eardrums. What a coincidence. It's a short-term thing. Bolt should be back soon. WWE actually announced that Roman Reigns would be on the show next week. Reigns is not advertised for the post-Christmas tour that starts on December 26th, while McIntyre is expected back for those shows. The first night of the tour starts at Madison Square Garden right here in New York City. McIntyre was hurt at Survivor Series but kept working through the December 4th house show in Portland, Maine, and he didn't realize he was hurt. That badly until he was examined after the show. Meltzer talked about McIntyre, and he said this on the Observer Radio. No, he is injured. I was told an injury, but it's not from a firsthand source. He's supposed to be back for the Christmas shows, so it's only a couple of weeks. I know that. The only thing I know is that he wanted to wrestle, and they wouldn't let him wrestle. It's not supposed to be a long-term thing, at least as it stands right now. So they'll both be back. They are desperately needed. And having two guys out like that at the same time is never a good thing. But the positive here is Reigns will be back next week and McIntyre will be back uh, soon thereafter. And they will both be back on Friday Night SmackDown. Shifting gears to the women's division. Sadly, sucks on Friday night. Sucks on Monday. The roster is very good on Monday. It's just the creative is, is dog shit. But WWE right now creatively is making plans for, <laughs> where's my, uh, they're making plans for Charlotte Flair to return to SmackDown on Friday night. The end. 
Android is coming back to Friday Night SmackDown. Oh, joy. I, I can't wait. I can't wait, man. Oh, my God. I missed Charlotte Flair. I said nobody ever. Do you realize Charlotte Flair has gone? Maybe, maybe you do with the fucking horrendous women's division on this fucking show. Maybe you do realize that Charlotte is gone. But do you miss Charlotte? I know I don't. I know I don't. And if you are actually one of those people that say you miss Charlotte Flair, yeah, you're full of shit, man. You're lying. Nobody misses Charlotte Flair. So WWE right now, they're making creative plans for Charlotte Flair's return. Ronda Rousey challenged Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship in an I Quit match and went over to win the title at WrestleMania Backlash in May. WWE rolled her off television with a storyline injury after that show. Flair's been absent from WWE TV since then. In the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer is reporting that Creative is making plans for Charlotte to return. Flair made uh, recent teases on social media about returning to the WWE. She posted a photo of her ring boots on her Instagram stories and later was training in the ring. We will have to see what happens when she does return to television, but... When she does, Flair will be adding star power to Friday Night SmackDown once she is back. Nobody really even knows if she's going to return to Friday Night SmackDown. The rumor was going around the IWC that Charlotte Flair and Bianca Belair, I know Ric Flair's been pushing for it, Charlotte and Bianca could be the heavily rumored WrestleMania match this year. Fuck no. No. No, I'm sorry. I don't know why Charlotte Flair needs to come back and yet again be involved in a championship program that doesn't belong to her. She doesn't deserve it. So you mean to tell me you want me to get invested in Charlotte and Bianca when we all know Rhea Ripley should win the Royal Rumble and get the championship match against Bianca Belair at WrestleMania, right? Give me a break. Give me a break. What is Charlotte going to do going into WrestleMania? I don't know. We may be getting Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair. Possibly, we may be getting Becky and Ronda Rousey. Nobody wants to see that. But I would take that over Charlotte Flair, Ronda Rousey once again, with Charlotte Flair becoming the SmackDown Women's Champion, which nobody wants to see. So where does Charlotte exactly fit in the WrestleMania plans? We may be looking at Charlotte Flair going to Monday Night Raw. Could you see WWE leaving Charlotte Flair out of a WrestleMania championship match in Los Angeles? Holy shit, man. I have a better fucking chance of seeing the pigs fly. Give me a break. Give me a fucking break. Ridiculous. I hope that is not the case at all. But Charlotte is on her way back to the WWE. And I hope to God, I hope to God that they ease her back into plans and we don't get her thrown right into the fire and getting a championship match over everybody else after being out since fucking May. Nobody wants to see it. Nobody. Nobody. And if you do, you're fucking bullshitting you and your audience. You're bullshitting me. You're bullshitting everybody in the community. Nobody wants to see it. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you hanging out. That is the news portion of the show. Uh, I am going to get into the SmackDown post show right now, but I want to go over a couple things. Number one, I see 521 likes on the live stream. It's Friday night. I don't know why it's so fucking slow. YouTube can, you know what they could do. 
I don't know what's going on with YouTube, man. I'm very frustrated this month. Don't know what's going on. Maybe nobody likes Friday Night SmackDown. I don't know. But I, I, I'm going to need you guys to hit the thumbs up, man. 521 likes is unacceptable, man. We need 1,000 likes minimum. I mean, just for the simple way that I described to you the WrestleMania plans and how they should be, every single one of you should be in the thumbs up. Where are you hearing this type of content with such knowledge and passion? Nowhere. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Follow me on Twitter and all social media. At JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys go and check out all the other videos on the channel. Bunch of shorts. We were live for uh, Lucky Pierre. Lucky Pierre in the chat was now banned. He says, JD is a Cody ball tickler. I'm sorry, bro. That's reserved for your mother. It's going to look great. My balls are going to look great in the palm of her hand when we're in my mother's basement. Please, if you can come up with a better situation for WrestleMania, I'd love to fucking... Oh, yeah, that's right. I can't hear you. Get him out! As I was saying, I was live on Monday, live on Wednesday. A couple of extras thrown in there as well, man. It's been a busy week. It's going to be even busier. Tomorrow, Ring of Honor Final Battle, Deadline, NXT, Sunday Night Live with Off The Script. Go check all that stuff out. Make sure you guys get those super chats in. Get them on in, man. We'll hang out at the end of the show. I just I just popped open another cold beverage. So we are ready to go, man. We'll hang out with our cold beverages at the end of the show. Memberships are open as well. Get them on in. Get them on in. Always accepting applications to the VIP club. You guys get emotes. You guys get badges next to your name to show off that beautiful VIP status to this channel. It's great shit. And members only chat on Sunday, man, which is the best night of the week because not only is it a bunch of fun people because you're surrounded by VIPs, but the mods get the night off, man. They can sit back and relax with a nice glass of whiskey. And tonight's show is sponsored by Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. You guys are going to use that code JD at checkout to save a lot of money, man. Because you're getting that shit for free. All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping handling. That's BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. And I want to thank them for sponsoring the podcast right here. On Off The Script. Let's get into SmackDown, man. SmackDown opened up with a hot, cold open. This was the Brawling Brutes. The Brawling Brutes and the Usos for the SmackDown and Raw Undisputed Tag Team Championships. Banger after banger after banger after banger. That's what I say, man. That's what Sheamus actually says, but 
Man, is it the truth. Does Sheamus ever have a bad match? I don't think so. I don't think he's capable of one. So this was Sheamus and Butch of the Brawling Brutes. It was supposed to be Sheamus and Drew McIntyre, but as I just documented, Drew McIntyre's out with a ruptured eardrum. He will be back shortly. So Butch is filling in for Drew McIntyre. You know, I want you guys to take a look at how WWE does things on SmackDown compared to how they do things on Monday Night Raw. Okay? We got Monday Night Raw opening with long, drawn-out, fucking boring openings where you cut a promo and it leads to a match and nobody really gives a shit about anything. That's a normal week on Monday night. But on Friday, nothing gets the crowd going better than people that they want to see, people that they're invested in, in a cold open. You throw them out there for 20 minutes, you get a great fucking match out of it, and the crowd loves everything about it and eats everything up. That's what they did on SmackDown tonight. The vibe on Friday night is so night and day compared to Monday Night Raw. It is ridiculous. This crowd on Monday would have been fucking dead for this match. But here we are. On Friday, we get a nice cold open. We throw it right to the in-ring action. Tag team titles on the line. We got four guys out there and two groups out there that the fans love and want to see. It's not that difficult, man. It's a very simple formula. That's how you get the crowd fucking asking for more, and that's how you keep the crowd excited about what's going on in the WWE. So another thing I want to mention, tag team division. Tag team division is really heating up, man. They have a lot of good tag teams on the main roster. Everybody is split into trios. Now, WWE has the Usos as the tag team champions. There's no shortage of opponents for them, but we know that their time is coming to an end when Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens finally link up before WrestleMania. But the tag team division, man, probably right now, they, they, they still need a few, a few uh, things here and there to fix it. They still need a little bit more focus. We do realistically need one set of championships. I hope that when the next set of champions come that we get one set of championships. We don't need two sets of championships. They should be floating back and forth just like the women's tag team championships. I don't know why we have different sets of rules for the men over the women. It's ridiculous. So the tag team division right now is looking really, really good. And I mentioned this when I talked about FTR. Jesse and I talked about FTR, Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler. Their contracts are coming up in April of 2023. It would not be a bad idea if they jumped ship to WWE now because of the focus on tag team wrestling. If this was Vince McMahon, it would be a terrible decision to go and want to do tag team wrestling in the WWE because there would not be any focus. But right now with Triple H running things, we got eight or nine, ten different trios, and we got a lot of tag teams that could really make that division marquee. It's a lot better than what it was when Vince McMahon was running it. Everything feels hot. Triple H appreciates tag team wrestling. Vince did not. The Brutes had the early advantage. Sheamus sent Jimmy to ringside with a shoulder tackle. Butch, he got beat up. He got beat. He did get some offense, though, right before he was uh, getting that offense on him. Butch followed up with some double knees after he hit a rolling senton onto Jimmy. Usos recovered. They hung Butch on the top rope. 
They gave him the hot shot stunner on the top rope. We go to commercial break, and Butch was being beaten down. He was on the defensive from the Usos. Jay overpowered him as he was making a close, hot tag. Did not get there. After a whip into the corner, the Usos hit a backbreaker elbow combo. Butch tried fighting back. He took it to Jimmy with an enziguri to break free. He was close to tagging out to Sheamus, but Jay knocked Sheamus off the apron. Good ring awareness there by the champions. Butch fought back with a German suplex. Sheamus got the hot tag, ran wild on the Usos. He's finally in there. Sheamus and Butch now double-teaming, giving the Usos 20 over 20 beats right to the chest. Butch went crazy, hit, uh, hit Jay Uso more than 20 times. Now, they were on the top rope. Sheamus got the better of Jimmy after hitting a white noise for a very close near fall. We go to another commercial break. Butch snapped Jay's fingers. He went for a flying knee. He missed it. Jay recovered, hit a jumping neck breaker for a two count. Now, both teams at this point started hitting big moves in the ring. They fought on the ring apron. Sheamus hit the white noise on Jimmy. Jay took advantage, wiped out Sheamus with a big suicide dive. Butch hit a moonsault onto the Usos. He followed up with a uh, tornado DDT for a very close near fall. Jimmy and Jay, they regrouped at ringside. They isolated Butch back in the ring on the top rope. They set up for a 1D, but Sheamus pulled Jimmy out of the ring, allowing Butch to hit a running powerbomb for a near fall. Sheamus and Butch hit a razor's edge neckbreaker combination. It looked a little sloppy because Sheamus, as he was delivering the razor's edge, Butch looked like he was a little late on getting the neckbreaker portion of it, and he was a little late while Sheamus was delivering the razor's edge. So, Sheamus went for the Alabama Slam, Zane on the outside. Sami Zayn tried to interfere. Holland prevented Zayn from interfering. Jay rolled him up for a near fall. Sheamus. Sokoa, who was there on the outside, he goes and confronts Ring Holland. They fought at ringside. He hit the spinning solo on the concrete, threw him over the timekeeper's area. The Usos in the ring after all this is going on, hit the 1D on Butch as Sami Zayn prevented Sheamus from making the save. Behind the referee's back, one, two, three, and the Usos continue what is a hot week. They beat Kevin Owens and Matt Riddle on Monday, took out Matt Riddle in an injury storyline on Monday. They win the number one tag team of 2022, according to PW Insider Top 100. And then they beat the Brawling Brutes, Sheamus and Butch, on Friday night. Usos had a very, very, very good uh, week uh, this week after this win tonight. Still the tag team champions. I thought this was great. I mean, Sheamus does not have a bad match. I don't think these teams, I don't think these men are capable of having a bad match. But I always enjoy when you get four guys like this in the ring that are just going to give it everything. Seriously. Awesome stuff there. And no doubt about it. Brawling Brutes were never going to win the titles here. It is just a means to an end, right? Got to get the Usos to the point where... They beat everybody until Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens gets involved and they're in there and they link up and then at WrestleMania, it's the biggest match you could do. I can't wait for it, but this stuff is very good, man. Tag team division is looking mighty sharp as of late and the Usos get the, the, the victory here and retain the tag team championships over the Brawling Brutes. We go to the back. We're celebrating Kurt Angle's birthday today. So we're celebrating Kurt Angle's birthday on Friday Night SmackDown. He was in the back with Gable Steveson. 
This is WWE's reintroduction of Gable Steveson. So he is uh, back in the WWE, and he's been out for a little bit. And a lot of people were wondering where he was. Where is Gable Steveson? What is going on with him? He was actually drafted to Monday Night Raw last year, and he didn't really do much of anything because he was out with injury. And Gable Steveson is now back in the WWE while his brother, Damon Kemp, is working NXT. So Gable Steveson, according to Fightful, he was drafted to the Raw brand last year. He signed an NIL deal with WWE that's next in line with WWE in September 2021, was drafted to Raw in October last year. He made an appearance at WrestleMania 38, delivering a suplex to Chad Gable. In October 2022, it was revealed that Steveson was treated for Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome. The process spanned over month, multiple months in the summer, delaying Steveson's training. So he is now back, and it looks like they're getting the ball rolling on his WWE venture, which is a good thing. It's a very good thing because I know Triple H is incredibly high on Gable Steveson. There were even rumors going around that if Gable Steveson was good enough to go, uh, when he was supposed to, that he might have been doing something along the lines of what he did at WrestleMania with Triple H. So he's back, and this was definitely a surprise, and clearly an Olympic gold medalist hanging out with an Olympic gold medalist. Kind of makes sense to have him there in Pittsburgh standing alongside Kurt Angle. Braun Strowman, he stopped by to say what's up to Kurt Angle and Gable Stevenson. He sounded absolutely fucking cringe did Braun Strowman. I don't know what got into him. He was acting like a big, uh, a big nice guy today, man. What's going on? He legitimately sounded like some of the fucking cringe dialogue that you usually hear in the WWE 2K My Career Mode. Oh, happy birthday, Kurt. I'm so happy to see you, man. It's great to see you back on Friday night. I love it, man. You know? And then he's looking at Gable Stevenson. And he's like, oh, yeah, you're the guy down at NXT. I can't wait for you to get on Friday Night SmackDown. But when you want to get up here, man, you come see me because I'd love to give you these hands. Nobody gives a fuck about Braun Strowman. Nobody cares what comes out of his mouth, okay? Jesus Christ, was this awful. He sounded terrible. I'm listening to this man speak, and I'm like, holy shit, shut up. Why are you talking right now? Big, bad, fucking monster Braun Strowman trying to act like a civilized human being. L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight. One of my favorite things about this show is L.A. Knight. He made his entrance, and he was in the ring. Crowd booed him. Good. L.A. Knight's such a good heel, man. He's so, he's so much a better heel than he is a babyface. Knight said he wanted to talk about Bray Wyatt. He wants to talk about Bray Wyatt. They cheered when he mentioned Bray Wyatt. Knight said, yeah. Yeah, I figured you guys, you, you, you marks would do that, right? So he says that he thinks he struck a nerve with Bray Wyatt. He thinks he struck fear into Bray Wyatt. I don't know what type of fear L.A. Knight is striking into anybody, but it can't be worse than what Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard used to do to us on Monday night. Uh, that, that's fear. Imagine going into a Monday night Raw while Vince and Bruce are in charge, man, not knowing what to expect. Seriously. 
Knight says that he's been blindsided week after week. He said that Wyatt said he didn't do it. White says he's calling Wyatt's bluff. Knight says he knew it was Wyatt. So he threw it to a video uh, footage on the Titan Tron. The video showed Knight underneath a bunch of the rubble that was thrown on him two weeks ago. Knight then said to watch the video right before the attack. The video stopped, and there was a masked man in the background as L.A. Knight was about to walk out of the building. So they froze frame it, and you see Wyatt's mask, that little, uh, that little mask he's wearing. And Knight focused on another attack where he was in the back, and then we see the same masked figure in the background overlooking this while Knight has been attacked. So L.A. Knight is seemingly thinking, and he's showing us evidence that he thinks it is Bray Wyatt, even though Bray says it has not been him. Suddenly, we got this spooky video footage, and we see Uncle Howdy, and this voice kept telling someone to do it now, do it now. He deserves to suffer. We see Uncle Howdy with the tear rolling down his face. Uncle Howdy then said the door is closed as he appeared on the Titantron. Knight says you have to be a half-witted idiot to think this is not Bray Wyatt. Knight says he's going to find Bray, He exited the ring, and he walked up the ramp going to go find Bray Wyatt. As Wade Barrett says, I don't know if this is a good maneuver. I don't think this is a good look or a good move for L.A. Knight. The rumor is that this is all leading to a match at the Royal Rumble. And the match is going to be a stipulation match known as a pitch black match. Nobody knows what this is. Nobody knows what type of match a pitch black match is. But I've said this a few times now. WWE is going right back to what they did with Bray Wyatt that really fucked him over in the first place. Gimmicky smoke and mirrors. Bray Wyatt is best when he operates in a simplistic way. The stripped-down version of Bray that we've been getting is the best version of Bray Wyatt without all the smoke and mirrors, without the hocus-pocus, without the fucking cartoonish puppets and all this other shit, fire and magic and all this other garbage. But here we are talking about a pitch black match. We don't know what the fuck a a pitch black match is. It could be a lights out match like AEW Dynamite does, where it's unsanctioned. It could be legitimately them wrestling with the lights out, which sounds like a fucking horrendous idea. Nobody wants to be in the arena watching a fucking wrestling match in the pitch black darkness. Nobody wants to watch that. Why would you even bother doing it? It sounds like a fucking awful idea. Or, like some of you mentioned to me, and I mentioned this on Sunday last week, it could be a blindfold match. We've seen a few of those in our fucking day, right? That would be nice. Bray Wyatt and LA Knight in a blindfold match. I don't know. So that was that. That was that. That's the way the segment came to a close. Uncle Howdy said the door is closed, and LA Knight said, you got to be an idiot if you don't think that's Bray Wyatt. He left, and he went to go look for Bray Wyatt. I don't know. I don't know. I think WWE needs to pick up the pace here. I think we need to pick up the pace with this shit. We need uh, some continuation with the storyline, honestly. I think we need Bray either in the ring or a little bit more of a idea who this fucking Uncle Howdy is. Is it Bray? Is it Bo? Is it somebody else? I don't know. I don't know. 
Hopefully we get some answers soon. Ronda Rousey. Oh, joy. My favorite part of the show. Ronda Ronda, 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 man. Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler are backstage with Megan Morantz. Baszler said that Shotzi might just be unlucky. Why is she unlucky, folks? Why is Shotzi unlucky? Well, we got Legato Del Fantasma being interviewed by Kathy Kelly in the background. In the parking lot, Santos Escobar's talking. All of a sudden, Shotzi is attacked by Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey. Apparently, Shotzi Blackheart now has a broken hand, courtesy of Ronda and Shayna Baszler. That's why these two ladies said that Shotzi is unlucky. Rousey told Morant to tell the China shop that the Bulls are coming. Liv Morgan and Tegan Knox appeared. So they are indeed going to be a tag team going forward because we need tag team challenges, right? So WWE is giving us Tegan Knox and Liv Morgan as your newest great value brand tag team. Morgan said that Rousey and Baszler have beaten everybody besides them. I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm saying to myself, how does that make any sense? Who wrote this dialogue? Who wrote this for Liv Morgan? How would anybody look at that and say, oh, yeah, yeah, they never beat Liv Morgan and Keegan Knox. Or, or am I fucking blind? Who, who did Liv Morgan lose the fucking title to? It was Ronda Rousey, right? Or did I not watch that happen? No, but she wants to come on here and say, oh, yeah, you haven't beaten us. But Ronda's beaten you. How many fucking times now? And it looks like we may have dropped the uh, Harley Quinn-like gimmick for Liv Morgan. It wasn't working anyway. It was not believable. So Baszler said if they mess with the bull, they will get the horns. Liv Morgan and Tegan Knox laughed as Baszler and Rousey walked off. I guess we're getting a tag team match. Oh, man, I can't wait. We got the Viking Raiders making their entrance with Valhalla. <laughs> Sarah Logan. I want to like the Viking Raiders. Listen, man, they, 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 at least they have direction, right? The Viking Raiders, at least they have direction. Is anybody truly interested in the Viking Raiders here? I know I'm not. I was. I was when they beat the New Day. Remember that Vikings rules match? That was great. But then they got hurt. Or Eric of the Viking Raiders got hurt. While Ivar had to sit on the sidelines waiting for him to get back. They were really hitting their stride there. Now they introduce Sarah Logan. And I honestly think they think... It is a better presentation. It's great because Eric is working alongside his wife. They're married together. But the presentation, the vibe, to me, 
I honestly think it is a little bit too much for the viewing audience. I do. This is when this is when the situation calls for less is more. I truly think that if you go back and listen to them and watch them in black and gold NXT as the war raiders, they were fucking tremendous. They were tremendous. They were human. Now they're acting like this fucking satanic Viking cult on SmackDown. I think it's a little too much. I think the visual and the whole imagery of everything with her out there like that, I think it's a little too much for the fucking audience. Nobody knows what to think about this shit. Or maybe it's just me. I don't know. Am I wrong? Am I the only one who's feeling this way? I can't be. So we have the Viking Raiders against Legado del Fantasma. This is Joaquin Wilde and Cruz del Toro with Santos Escobar on the outside and Zelina Vega on commentary. I was getting ready to tweet. Legitimately, I was getting ready to tweet. We got Legato and the Viking Raiders, two heel tag teams here on Friday on SmackDown in a tag team match together. How did this make it through quality control? Who are we supposed to cheer for here? Legato's a heel team. The Viking Raiders are a heel team. The crowd doesn't fucking care. Who are we supposed to cheer for? Who in the back thinks that this will be a good match? Well, the match wasn't even a match. They barely even got started. Hit Row comes out. We see uh, B-Fab come and take a chair and sit in the aisleway as Top Dollar and Ashanti Adonis come from behind and attack both teams because they have a problem with both Legato and the Viking Raiders. So Top Dollar and Ashanti attack Legato on the outside. They entered the ring, attacked the Viking Raiders with the steel chair, Valhalla, Sarah Logan, attacked Hit Row from behind. B-Fab came into the ring and took Valhalla down with a side thrust kick. B-Fab then goes to the outside, tosses Sarah Logan onto Zelina Vega, who was sitting on commentary next to Wade Barrett. Joaquin Wilde came off the top rope. Top dollar caught him in a big uh, neckbreaker-like slam. Hit Row posed in the ring. Money, 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 money. This segment was anything but money, 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 money. We got one tag team in the Viking Raiders indifference from the audience. We got this tag team match with Legato indifference from the audience. We got Hit Row involved making this big attack on both teams indifference from the audience. I don't know what anybody is thinking about these three teams, I'm a big fan of Legato. I'm not even going to lump them into this shit. Santos is too good. Zelina looks great with them. I'm not even going to lump them into this shit. It's bad that they are a part of this because they can't fucking help it. They are so good, I don't even think they can get themselves out of this shit. This was a complete waste of time. This tag team match was a waste of time and it only did nothing. Nothing. We got this entire hit row angle, and that's what this tag team match was booked for. But the indifference from the fucking crowd is so goddamn telling. I don't even have the right words to really express it to you guys here. I don't. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing with hit row? I guess hit row is really shit row. 
shit roll. It's exactly what they are. Dead. Dead. I'm asking, I'm now asking, and Jesse could probably back me up on this. Jesse was against this shit the fucking first day where they were there. I'm like, hey, let's give it a chance. Dead. I'm now asking, why did we even bring them back if this is the best presentation that we're getting from Hit Row? If you want Hit Row to be anything more than what they are on this main roster, you need to find them a fucking mouthpiece and somebody that is going to take them to the next level. Because right now, they're sharing a fucking table in catering next to Tamina and Dana Brooke. That's how fucking bad they are. Get them out. Get them out. They're not making the show better. They don't feel important. The crowd doesn't fucking care. So why am I going to fucking feel any different? If the WWE vibe that we're getting from Hit Row and the crowd, the WWE universe is giving us a, a, a feeling of indifference, I don't give a shit. They're there, nobody cares. They're not there, nobody's missing them. The fuck are they there for? Get them out of here. I'm sure somebody will fucking... Tell this to Top Dollar, and then I'll be called a fucking Mark, and uh, I'll get blocked again. It's not my fucking fault. Take it up with Paul. Take it up with Bruce. Isn't he a fucking executive director? Shit is garbage. A complete waste of time. And that sucks, because Top Dollar's been doing some good work. Ashante is talented. It's not my fault. L.A. Knight. He was walking around in the back. He opened the door and entered a locker room. In this locker room, he found a Bray Wyatt t-shirt hanging up. The lights went out. He turns his cell phone on. He's got his flashlight on. And we see a masked figure standing there. This masked figure was the same figure that he was pointing out to us in the freeze frame clips that he showed us earlier in the evening. This black phone mask that Bray owns, standing there in the room. Lights go out, we go to commercial break, we never see either one of them or hear from either one of them again for the rest of the show. Who's in the mask? Who's in the mask? Is it Bray? Is it Bo? Is it Top Dollar? Who is it? Uncle Howdy, is it somebody else that we don't know that's in Bray Wyatt's universe? Who the fuck is it? Is it one of Bray Wyatt's family members? Is it his father? Looking for tax season, come early. I don't know who the fuck it is. I'm interested in it. I just need answers. This has been going on long enough. We need to know who the fuck is under the masks. We need answers soon. Stat. This cannot go on till the Royal Rumble like this for the next six weeks. Kurt Angle was in the back with Gable Stevenson. Matt Cap Moss was there with his girlfriend, Emma. And Jason Jordan appeared and hugged Kurt Angle. Even in kayfabe, they're still selling the illegitimate son, Jason Jordan, to Kurt Angle. Man, was Jason Jordan fucking great, right? Remember Jason Jordan? Remember him and Chad Gable 
American Alpha. Oh, my goodness. Now that was a great fucking tag team. That man's career got cut short way too soon. Ricochet. Ricochet. We go over his victory with Escobar last week. Santos Escobar. In the finals of the SmackDown World Cup. He's in the ring posing next to his trophy. All of a sudden, Imperium make their way down to the ring. And we're getting a contract signing for this match next week between Gunta and Ricochet for the Intercontinental Championship. He said this is a rematch that Ricochet hasn't gotten since Gunther defeated him for the title earlier this year. They had two matches. Ricochet did get a rematch. I don't know what the fuck Michael Cole's talking about. Maybe, maybe it's one of those things that they're trying to actively erase because Vince McMahon buried Ricochet. Adam Pearce is overseeing this contract signing. All of a sudden, the New Day come out on stage, and Xavier Woods apologized for interrupting the contract signing. He says they wanted a front row seat. Kofi Kingston said they know how contracts, tr- contract si- signings usually go. Kingston said that Gunther is going to get mad and Imperium is going to jump Ricochet because that's how these things go. They're letting you know. Kingston said they can't have that. Woods mentioned that New Day has a match for the NXT Tag Team titles tomorrow against Pretty Deadly. It's interesting. Now, I will be reviewing NXT. I haven't watched NXT in a few weeks, but I... Pretty much I'm caught up on basically everything that I need to know going into that show. But we got pretty deadly defending the NXT Tag Team titles against the New Day. Why? I'll tell you why, folks. Number one, the NXT Tag Team titles are being defended against the New Day tomorrow because they don't have any legit tag teams on NXT television. And they need a way for people to watch the show because you certainly ain't watching the fucking show for what they got on there. Right? The Iron Survivor Challenge. Give me a fucking break. They want people, they want some of the casual main roster audience to say, oh, the New Day. They're going to be wrestling tomorrow night. We got to watch the New Day. Right? So they're trying to get geeks to watch it by putting New Day on the show because they don't have any fucking tag teams legit enough to even warrant a championship match. Am I close? I think so. Oh, you didn't know? Great job there, Road Dog. So we got Woods saying that they will be wrestling for the NXT Tag Team titles. Woods says that they're here to stand behind Ricochet. Pierce says, ah, that's not going to happen. Woods asks Pierce, listen, Pierce, have you ever watched pro wrestling? Do you know what happens during these contract signings? And Pierce says, uh, yeah, you make a good point. Gunther took the microphone. He reminded Ricochet that he took the title from him originally. Gunther says he's beaten Ricochet twice, and he's going to beat Ricochet again next week. Gunther said nothing is going to save Ricochet from that. He said that Imperium respects the mats and this great sport. Gunther called Imperium professional wrestlers. Somewhere Vince McMahon is cringing in his rocking chair, in his penthouse, in Stamford, Connecticut. Ah, my son-in-law, he's using that blasphemous word. 
pro wrestlers. He says they're pro wrestlers and not performers. He didn't say sports entertainers. He said performers. So Kingston and Woods joked that Imperium can't perform. Maybe they should go take some fucking lessons. I'm sure he's got some videos on YouTube. Go hit up Johnny Sins, bro. Go hit up Johnny Sins. I'm sure he'll give you all the fucking tips you need to perform. So they can't perform. They're making fun of them that they can't perform. They let a crowd chant in Imperium can't perform. Ricochet said that there's pills for that. Yeah, Blue Chew. BlueChew.com, code JD. I can help Imperium out with anything that they need, bro. Just use my code. Seriously. Even Ricochet. Bro, listen. Code JD at checkout. It's easy, simple. So Ricochet says that Gunther is going to be in the fight fight of his life next week. He says he's going to take the title. Both teams then tossed the tables and chairs out of the ring. They brawled. Pierce X for referee. And we got a six-man tag team match between the New Day and Ricochet and Imperium. Gunther, Ludwig Kaiser, and Giovanni Vinci. This was a very good tag team match. This went nearly uh, 20 minutes. So the opening tag team match with the Brutes and the Bloodline went 20 minutes. This went 20 minutes. I don't know if this necessarily needed to go 20 minutes. Certainly looks like they were trying to eat up time with this, uh, this match and the length of this match. But this was fun. This was fun. Give you a little bit of a tease about what's to come. We're furthering New Day versus Imperium. We're furthering Ricochet versus Gunther. A lot of good stuff here. A lot of good stuff here. Certainly better than fucking Shiro and fucking uh, the Viking Raiders. Holy shit. If I want to go play God of War, I'll fucking fire up my PlayStation 5. I don't need to see fucking uh, Valhalla on SmackDown. So we'll pick it up after the commercial break, man. Giovanni Vinci tagged in. They took over. Imperium took over. Woods was being beaten down. He tried to tag out. Vinci hit a beautiful tilt-to-world back. Bro, I cannot even begin to tell you how good Giovanni Vinci is. I can't even begin to tell you how good Imperium is as a tag team. Just think about, think about what Sheamus and Cesaro did as the bar. This is the new version of the bar right here. They are the bar in tag team wrestling in WWE. They may be the best in-ring tag team. When you let them go, they may be the best in-ring tag team in all of WWE. Imperium. Tilt the world backbreaker. Imperium isolated Woods in there, part of the ring. And they were still in control for a little bit. Gunther knocked Ricochet off the apron with a big boot. Kaiser tagged in, slowed the pace down. What do they usually slow the pace down with, man? You guessed it, man. The chin lock. I may have to get a chin lock emoji. So we got Woods coming back with a missile drop kick. Kingston gets the hot tag. He went crazy on Imperium. He caught Vinci with a flying crossbody for a near fall. Kingston hit the boom drop. Set up for the trouble in paradise. Kaiser interfered, allowing Vinci to destroy Kingston with an uppercut. Imperium threw Kingston over the announce table. He was wiped out. Heels were laughing that they took care of Kingston. Ricochet and Gunther tagged in. They faced off. Gunther took over with some hard chops. Ricochet came back with some lefts and some rights in the corner. He took it to Gunther with a big jumping knee. Ricochet avoided a big boot by kind of Nicholas caging himself 
with Gunther, right? Scored a near fall on Gunther off of a, uh, what looked to be a botched uh, kind of code red. Imperium went for the Imperium bomb. Kingston broke free. Ricochet took Kaiser out with a top rope. Her and Karana. Kingston caught Kaiser with the Trouble in Paradise. Ricochet at the 630 splash. And that was a, no, well, not a 630. It was a uh, shooting star yet, I believe. Shooting star press, one, two, three. And that was basically all she wrote. So Ricochet gets his victory over Imperium tonight. But next week, he ain't going to be so lucky because Gunther is not losing that championship at least until WrestleMania. At least until WrestleMania. Now, WWE did announce, and I'm mentioning this here because it's going to be very interesting as to why he's back. John Cena has been announced that he will be on the last Friday Night SmackDown of the entire year to 2022, December 30th, Friday. John Cena makes his return to Friday Night SmackDown. Why is he showing up in Tampa, Florida on the last SmackDown of the year? Could WWE be bringing him to SmackDown to set up a match with Gunther? I don't know. I don't know why he would be back. Now, last time he came back, he came back before SummerSlam. It was in that summer period this year. Now, the report said that he was going to wrestle at SummerSlam, and all signs pointed to him wrestling Austin Theory at SummerSlam. I'm under the impression, and this is just my opinion, that with the whole Vince scandal going on, John Cena did not want to wrestle for WWE at that point and would have wanted everything to kind of die down because he didn't want any bad PR as what he's doing in Hollywood is now more important than WWE. But John Cena could be coming back because Gunther, realistically, before we get to WrestleMania, could be setting up a match with John Cena. To me, Gunther and Sheamus is the match at WrestleMania. Sheamus winning the IC title at WrestleMania is the right way to go about it, but we don't know. We could realistically be getting John Cena and Gunther set up on December 30th. And if that's the case, man, take my fucking money. That should be tremendous if that's happening. Awesome. We'll see. So we got Kurt Angle's birthday party, man. It's still happening in the back. Everybody's partying. Alpha Academy appeared at Angle's party. Chad Gable wasn't allowed in because he wasn't on the guest list. The Street Profits appeared and the bouncer let them in. Gable asked if they could be the plus one, and they were not allowed in to Kurt Angle's birthday party. So you know Chad Gable was going to have an issue with this for the rest of the night. Bloodline. They were in the back in their locker room. Sami Zayn said he was in awe of how great the Usos were tonight when they retained the tag team championships. Sami Zayn asked if they were feeling Usy. Jimmy and Solo Sokoa were feeling Usy. They walked off. Sami Zayn let, uh, said, let's go get some food. I know this joint. Jay stopped Sami Zayn as Jimmy and Solo walked off. He says, Oos, let me talk to you. Reigns, the tribal chief, is going to be here next week. It's going to be a big week for you next week. I feel it. Jay says that Zayn needs to get ready with Reigns coming back next week. You get, you're going to need to clean up a little bit. Take it down to a level three. Shave the beard. Trim the hair. Make sure you look right next week. Jay said that Zayn has been leveling up lately. And next week, if looking good, looking oozy, could be another big week with Roman Reigns, the tribal chief, coming back. I didn't like the vibe of that. 
I don't know what you guys thought about that. Maybe it was something a little bit more interesting or a little bit more innocent, I should say, rather it being a little bit more interesting, kind of leaning away from Sammy and the bloodline. I don't know. I just didn't like the vibe of that. So we'll see what happens next week. I'm assuming Sami Zayn is going to trim the hair. I'm not expecting NXT black and gold, Sami Zayn, but maybe trim the beard a little bit. I quite like his beard. Maybe trim the hair a little bit. It could use uh, uh, a little work. Mine can too. I'm fucking, my hair is super long right now. But we'll see what happens, man. Zayn's going to shave the beard, going to trim his hair. And I don't know. I don't know. I didn't like the vibe of that. Maybe he's playing a trick on him. We'll see you next week. Rey Mysterio was in the back. He was on the trainer's table, getting looked at by the physician. Karrion Cross and Scarlett appeared. Cross didn't want any problems. He sat down there. Scarlett was standing above him ominously. He said he heard about Rey Mysterio's falling out with Dominic. Cross said that Mysterio showed restraint and came to SmackDown, which should count for something. Cross mentioned that Scarlett was from Romania. He said that when she was a kid, she had a thoroughbred champion horse. He says they turned it into a workhorse, but eventually it couldn't drag the cart. He said the horse realized it was then useless. Cross says it's sad when you have to put an animal out of its misery. Security then appeared and asked, is there a problem? Cross says, no, there's not a problem. He told Mysterio, Ray, look at the time. Tick-tock. And then he walked off and he was looking at Ray's injured ankle. Now, I know a lot of people find Karrion Cross difficult to watch in the ring. I think otherwise. But I will say this, man. Always a great promo. When the man speaks, I listen. And if this wrestling thing falls through, he would be a damn good therapist. I mean, I'd be signing up to go listen to this man give me advice. Just say it. This is going to be a good feud. Now, I will say this. I mean, I've been on Cross's side for, you know, the duration of his NXT run. I've been on Cross's side since he's got back. When people have dragged me for thinking one way about Cross, he might not be the most interesting guy in the ring, but things need to be worked on to get him there. This is one of those things that they're actively trying to do to get him to the next level, okay? He needs to be in the ring with somebody like Rey Mysterio. If he can't get over to where he needs to be with a match against Rey Mysterio or in a feud against Rey Mysterio, then we're going to have problems. But this is all being set up to get Cross to the next level. Rey Mysterio is going to be a tremendous opponent for Karrion Cross, and one that I would love to see him break out of his shell with. I mention this as being one of the reasons why people find him boring. The steel cage match with Drew McIntyre, I thought, was great. I thought the strap match, to an extent, was great. The crowd didn't really seem into it, but I loved the story of the match. I did. But it was slow. It was methodical. We need the pace to be picked up a little bit. And he's been picking it up a little bit. If he's going to be in the ring with Rey Mysterio, he needs to pick up the pace significantly with Rey Mysterio and wrestle at Rey's pace. I'm not saying he's got to work a fucking uh, Ricochet style but or, or a Rey Phoenix style, but we need Karrion Cross to speed it up a little bit, hang in there with Rey, get that fucking blood flowing, 
and slow it down when he needs to. If he's gonna work the uh, if he's gonna work a match 100% of the the way Andre the Giant used to work, it's not gonna work out. So that's what I'm hoping to see. But if we are doing this, I think this is a great step forward. To getting cross where he needs to be working with guys like Rey Mysterio is a great thing. Liv Morgan and Tegan Knox. We got a video package on Tegan Knox. I wonder why that is after so many fucking people, <laughs> me included, complained about the shitty debut of Tegan Knox. WWE correcting the wrongs, man. Look at that. Look at that. The first thing that I said on social media and the first thing I said when it came to Tegan Knox was that she should have debuted with a fucking video package because nobody knew who she was. And we got a video package tonight. And it was the good stuff, too. The May Young Classic injury. The May Young Classic ACL injury. Great. Twice. She comes back, and now she's teaming with Liv Morgan, and we even got a little glimpse into how she knows Liv Morgan and why she chose Liv Morgan as her tag team partner. They go back to the PC days when they were there. Great. Great. Now we have an understanding of who she is and what she's about. The girl with the shiniest wizard. Great. What was not great was this tag team match. Liv Morgan and Tegan Knox against Ronda. Rosie. <laughs> My precious. Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler, this match went five minutes. Could have given this five minutes. You're going to give half of this five minutes to uh, Imperium in the New Day with Ricochet, and then the other half of the five minutes to uh, the Brutes and the Bloodline. No reason why this needed to be on the show. So, this went five minutes, and Tegan Knox, she got in there, and she gave us a little bit of her offense. Rousey caused a distraction, which ended up giving them the advantage. Rousey tagged in, mocked Liv Morgan. She got an ankle lock on Tegan. She broke free. Morgan and Baszler tagged in at the same time. Morgan hit a double stomp. She went for her oblivion. Baszler countered with a German suplex. Raquel. <laughs> Rodriguez. Gonzalez. She's no longer smiling, folks. I don't know if, I don't know if this joke is going to be uh, valid anymore. She's not smiling anymore, man. What am I going to do? She may be taking lessons from Braun Strowman. For all we know. Raquel's out there. She tried to get into the ring. Referee's gotten her away because she's not cleared. This distracted Ronda Rousey. Baszler got the Kirafuda clutch on Liv Morgan. She broke free. Knox took the opening and hit the Shining Wizard, allowing Morgan to score the victory as Shayna Baszler, of course, was the one pinned in this tag team match. So this obviously amounted to nothing, and... Shayna Baszler went from looking pretty decent for a little bit, and now Shayna Baszler is looking like Ronda's fucking bitch. Taking losses. Why? Shayna Baszler should look like a badass 
And here she is now taking losses. I think Shayna Baszler's a little bit better than that, man. A little bit better than that. WWE is holding Rodriguez back. This is another thing that I found utterly ridiculous. You think Ronda Rousey had a fucking brain in her head, right? You think she'd understand how this shit works. Raquel Rodriguez has one arm, and she's being held back by a flurry of officials. Yet Ronda Rousey is distracted by Raquel Rodriguez. What exactly is Raquel Rodriguez going to do with you or to you with one arm? How fucking stupid do you need to make these people look? Who writes this shit? I don't understand that. I don't understand that. None of this felt important to me at all. None of it. So after the end of this match, we get a attraction or a graphic for next week. Damage control is getting a match next week where they have to defend the tag team championships against Liv Morgan and Tegan Knox. I have to ask why. Why are we getting a tag team championship match with Liv Morgan and Tegan Knox when they have not even been a team for a week? They've had one match. They beat Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler off of a fucking distraction, an idiotic distraction. So that puts them in line automatically for a tag team championship match? Now I'm waiting for some fucking geek to uh, complain to me. Oh, well, Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai they have a, a storyline from NXT. Yes, because I'm assuming that everybody in the arena next week knows exactly what the fuck that is, right? You fucking break. The fuck are we getting a tag team title match for when Tegan Knox just got here? So fucking stupid. So stupid. But what the fuck do I know? I'm just a mock with a podcast, right? Give me a fucking break. We got Kurt Angle's uh, birthday celebration. You know, who's winning that? Who's winning that, Cake? I have no fucking idea. We may get damage control being more damaged next week. I wouldn't be surprised if they get fucking Tegan Oxley and Morgan the Tag Team Championships. They need a fucking excuse. Oh, she's not over. We debuted her poorly. Let's put a championship on her. That championship means jack shit. The fucking empty can of LaCroix seltzer on my desk right here is worth more than those tag team championships. Then they want to know why the women's division sucks. Then they want to know why the ratings on Monday Night Raw hit sub-levels in the third hour at 1.2. Well, when you focus on the fucking women's division, that is utterly fucking disinteresting. I wonder why. When you force something, people are going to turn away. They're forcing women's wrestling. They're forcing a lot and so much women's wrestling when none of it is particularly interesting. Why are you forcing so much? I see more women's wrestling on this show than anything else. Why? Now, I would understand if the creative was right, but the creative sucks. Yeah, we get more of that than anything else. 
especially on Monday. The only one interesting on Monday is Rhea Ripley. That's it. Even Bianca Belair as champion has fucking suffered. None of it is interesting. Kurt Angle. Birthday celebration. The ring had balloons and a cake. Typical WWE birthday cake celebration BS. Angle's in the ring. He thanked the crowd for his birthday celebration. All of a sudden, Alpha Academy comes out. They made their entrance. Gable asked, why wasn't he on the list? Why wasn't he and Otis on the list of the birthday party? Gable said he had Otis wear a tie. They got dressed up for the occasion. He says, it's hard to get a tie on a guy with no neck. Gable said Angle didn't want to be shown up by a real Olympic hero. Gable said it's pretty petty and pettiness sucks. Gable said the crowd is right that Angle sucks. Gable and Otis entered the ring. Gable told the crowd to shoosh. He said the crowd came to celebrate Angle. He said Angle lost his integrity, his intensity, and if he wants to keep his intelligence, he should leave. Gable and Otis are there, and they're eating Angle's cake. The crowd chanted for Otis to eat the cake. Gable says if he didn't leave, he'd end up with another broken freaking neck. So Angle exited the ring. Otis and Gable ate the cake, and Angle stopped at the ramp, at the top of the ramp, and they were eating. There was a little Olympic medal on the cake. They were eating the Olympic medal and then making fun of Kurt Angle for eating his Olympic medal. I love Gable and Otis, man. They are fantastic. So Angle stopped at the ramp. He said, he looked back at at Otis and Gable. He said, if they're going to eat all the cake, you're going to need a lot of milk. So you knew where this was going. Steveson showed up with the milkman in a milk truck. And Angle got in the truck, drove it towards the ring with Steveson and the milkman. Angle and Steveson stop right at the edge of the ramp. They get out, they throw milk jugs at Alpha Academy. Milk is flying all over the place. Angle then grabs the hose, and he shot milk at Alpha Academy, just like the fabled visual 20 years ago with the milk truck on the McMahons. And that's what happened here. Angle got the hose, shot milk at Alpha Academy. Gable and Otis were selling this thing like fucking death. They rolled out of the ring. Milk was legitimately everywhere. Angle and Steveson hit the ring. They clanked milk bottles. They drank milk together. And Angle's music played, and the show went off the air. You know, I'm sure you'll get the marks who are like, oh, it was a great segment, man. Why don't you have some fun, man? You know... And I appreciate Triple H wanting to pay homage to the great storylines of yesteryear, but, I mean, if you're asking me if I was entertained, sure. Was it particularly interesting? No. No, they just rehashed something from 20 fucking years ago. Why would I sit there and fucking mark out like the rest of these fucking checkmark geeks on social media? We've seen this already. This is not new. This is not fresh. It didn't enhance SmackDown. Nobody's going to be talking about this for years to come. Give me a break. It's basically a Kurt Angle pop in Pittsburgh with milk. Oh, joy. Now, I will say this, man. Gable and Otis, 
I'm sure Kurt Angle had a lot to say about wanting Gable and Otis in this particular segment, working this segment, this birthday cake angle, this birthday party angle with them. I'm sure he loves them. This was more about an introduction of Gable Steveson than anything else. Olympic gold medalist in Chad Gable, Olympic gold medalist in Gable Steveson, and Olympic gold medalist, obviously, in Kurt Angle. So this was basically, you know, past, present, and future. Basically what it is. This entire segment was about the past, Kurt Angle, the present in Chad Gable, and the future in Gable Stevenson. And Otis sold that milk, the fucking milk hose. He sold it like death. He sold being squirted and spread with the milk so good that he sold better than Jade Cargill and Ronda Rousey combined in any wrestling match that they've been in in the last year. Goes to show you, man. Goes to show you, Otis is a fucking beast. And so is Chad Gable. This SmackDown was whatever. It was whatever. But uh, I don't mean that in a bad way. It was just, you know, it had its ups. It's had its, it had its downs. They had the two, those two great men's tag team matches. Ricochet and the New Day versus Imperium. And then the Open with the Usos and, and, the, and the Brutes. Other than that, other than that, if you missed that shit, it was a bad show. Stay away from everything else. Just go back and watch those two matches. I did, I did watch the beginning of Rampage. I did watch the beginning of Rampage. I did watch John Moxley and Kanosuke Takeshita. And then I seen that Adam Page angle at the end of the match. Takeshita is fucking incredible, man. Uh, this is all I'll say. I didn't watch. I know Trent Seven debuted with AEW against uh, Orange Cassidy. And I don't know what else I missed on the show, but Takeshita is fucking incredible. I don't think the man is capable of having a bad match. I don't. Now, Moxley blood like a pig, which is his thing, right? And I wish Takeshita would win fucking matches. Hopefully, somewhere down the line, he'll start winning matches. You know, he puts on great matches, but he hasn't won a fucking thing. Seemingly takes an L every fucking time he's out there. But man, was that a great fucking match. Crowd was legitimately on its feet. He is fucking incredible. Mark my words. He will be a world champion when the time is right. That's the type of guy I want to see in there for the TNT title against Samoa Joe. That's the type of guy I want to see in there against Miro. That's the type of guy I want to see in there against a Malachi. That's the type of guy that realistically should be taking the title off of Orange Cassidy. The All-Atlantic Championship. He is so fucking good, man. So good. If W, if, if, if AEW, rather, if, a, if AEW plays their cards right, I, I know I've said this, and I know I'm not the only one that's kind of made these comparisons. He's got a mix of Kota Ibushi. He's got a mix of Kenny Omega. If they play their cards right, man, he can be, he can be what Okada is in Japan here in the United States. He is so fucking good. So good. I don't watch Rampage at all anymore. There's no reason to. But when he's on, I'll watch. No doubt about it. Anyway, guys, we are about to get into the Super Chats in just a little bit. I appreciate you guys very much for hanging out with me tonight on the post show. I had a good time. Hopefully you guys did as well. Tonight's show sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew. 
You know, they said the Imperium fellows can't perform. Don't be like Imperium. You need to perform. You got to perform when it's time to step up to the play, man. That's where Blue Chew is going to get involved, okay? Plus, the winter is here. Winter is coming next week for AEW. Winter is here. It's not particularly cold yet, but it will be getting cold. Don't let it get cold in the bedroom, guys. Again, that's where Blue Chew is going to come into play. Confidence can take you far in life, and it can also help you in the bedroom. Blue Chew is a unique online service that provides the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. But they come in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night. You can plan ahead, be ready whenever the opportunity arises. The process is very simple. You go to BlueChew.com, consult with one of their online medical providers, licensed online medical providers. And once you are approved, you're going to receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. No visits to the doctor's office. No awkward conversations. No waiting in line at the pharmacy. And Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA, and they are prepared and shipped direct to your door in a very discreet package. Now, I always talk about first impressions, guys. You know, I talk so highly about Takeshita. When I first seen him, he made a first impression on me with what he does in that ring. And that became a lasting impression because now every time he's in the ring, I'm looking forward to watching him wrestle. Just take that and apply it to Blue Chew. You're going to go out there. You're going to swing for the fences. You're going to have a fucking Grand Slam your first night out, man. And that's going to lead to you being in that starting lineup every single night. So if you guys can benefit from that extra confidence, why not give Blue Chew a try? BlueChew.com, code JD at checkout. You're going to receive your free sample. First month is free. All you guys have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. That's BlueChew.com, code JD at checkout. And I want to thank them for once again sponsoring the podcast right here on Off The Scripts. We got 814 likes, guys. Can we get that up? Can we get it up? You're going to get it up when you use Blue Chew. I need you to get it up now. We need less than 200 likes for 1,000 minimum. Minimum. Not today, Jay, with three super chats. Right before the stream even went live. $9.99, $19.99, and a $4.99. JD, I'm going to say this and leave it at this. I still believe that Sasha is coming back to the WWE. Wrestle Kingdom is a two-day event. One date being the 4th of January and the other date being the 21st. Here's where my head's at. Sasha shows up on the 4th and wrestles on the 21st, and she comes back at the Royal Rumble on the 28th, but that's just my opinion. I'm not holding my breath on her returning to WWE. I just want Sasha to be happy and successful. Jay, Wrestle Kingdom is one night. Wrestle Kingdom is not taking place over two nights. Whatever they're doing, it may be like a New Year's bash show or whatever the case may be, but... Russell Kingdom is one night. And if Sasha doesn't come back to the WWE, who the fuck cares? 
If Sasha's done with WWE, I'll be happy for Sasha Banks, no matter what. If she wants to come back to the WWE, I'll be happy for Sasha Banks. It doesn't matter. Do I think she's going back to the WWE? Yes, I do. Is there a possibility she shows up in AEW as Soraya's mystery partner? I did an extra on this yesterday. Go and check it out. I posted a clip about it on Twitter. Go and listen to it. I posted two clips on TikTok. Go listen to it. You know what my opinion is. There is a possibility she shows up as Soraya's tag team partner in Inglewood, California on January 11th for AEW Dynamite. If she doesn't, so what? I do think she's going to end up back in the WWE. Sidro. We got jokes here by Sidro. I'm going to need to uh, get the crowd ready. You guys ready? I'm going to need the venue to either cheer or boo if Sidro has a good or bad joke. Five dollars, five dollars, and five dollars by Sidro. If Gordon Ramsay was a WWE wrestler, he'd go to SmackDown. He hates Raw. Hashtag much love my tribal chief. I did it for the walk. I I don't know about that one, bro. It's a tough crowd here tonight, bro. Did you hear Elijah Wood join the WWE? I heard he destroyed the ring. You know, Elijah Wood, that's Kevin Dunn's favorite pro wrestler. And Sidro, why did Jake Roberts go north of the border? He saw a billboard that said, drink Canada dry. Come on, bro, really? Come on, Sidro. Ugh. Michelle Moran with a $5 super chat. We love Sidro, man. Go easy on Sidro, fellas. Come on. Michelle Moran with a $5 super chat. Maybe next week we'll officially get Sammy Uso. It's too early to kick him out yet. And I was surprised Moxley was booed tonight in his match. Turn him heel. I don't know what's going on with the Blackpool Combat Club. I guess we'll find out the, this weekend with Final Battle. Would Moxley be a great heel? Sure. Future Endeavored. Thank you for nine months, brother. Just hit nine months. Thank you for having the best venue in the IWC for geeks like me to hang out in. Shout out to the bartenders for all the hard work that they do. Thank you, Future Endeavored. And thank you for nine months VIP, brother. What are you drinking to celebrate tonight? Triple M. 
Triple M becomes a new member tonight. Triple M, what are you drinking in the VIP club, bro? JP5150 with a $10 super chat. Looking forward to watching the Intercontinental Championship match next week between Gunta and Ricochet. Walter will play the role of SmackDown Pimp and Smack Ricochet for not having his money. Hashtag third strike. Hashtag where's my money. Thank you, JP. Great one with a 19-month VIP membership. Thank you so much, bro. Good times, man. Hope all is well with you. Glad to see you focusing on your health and mental state. Keep pushing, brother. You got this. OTS for life. Working with my boy, Dr. Evil Genius, man. I thought I was going to fucking uh, not make it through today's session, but I'm getting there, bro. I'm getting there. DGK Dog with a 499. Super Chat, how many more times do you think they'll have Roman main event WrestleMania? He's already done six. This may be the last one, bro. This may be the last one. Jose Perez with a 999. Yo, JD, stumbled on your show three years ago. Still a fan. Keep it up. By the way, Conan, Disco, and Flair mentioned you. Check it out for laughs. Don't really care. They're talking about me. That's all that matters to me, man. Nobody listens to Disco Inferno and Conan and takes anything they say fucking seriously. There's nobody out there that says Conan and Disco Inferno is my favorite pro wrestling podcast in the wrestling community. <laughs> oh, man. That's a funny one, man. That's, that, that's as funny. That's just as funny as the people saying Impact is a good show weekly, man. Give me a break. And Ric Flair mentioned me? Bro, if Ric Flair is mentioning me on his fucking podcast, I think I'm pretty good. I think I'm pretty good, bro. Miggy Saito with a 120. I don't know what currency that is, but I appreciate you, brother. You can do Charlotte versus Bailey. No, thank you. Joseph Taylor with a $7 super chat. JD, my birthday is December 10. Can I get a shout out? And number two, if I was WWE, I would do Bianca Charlotte Elimination Chamber with Bianca going over. Ric Flair put me over? Is that what happened? Did Ric Flair put me over? Someone needs to tell me this now because I'm not going to go listen to it. Uh, Joseph Taylor, I'll... Uh, December 10th, bro. It's... Uh, it is December 10th. Happy fucking birthday, Joseph Taylor. Yeah, what did Ric Flair say about me, bro? Oh, Conrad, that would that would make a little bit more sense, man. Conrad Thompson mentioned you know, you know what it is? It's probably about the Ronda Rousey thing. I told you I was gonna get blamed for it. I told you I was gonna get blamed. I didn't I didn't start the hashtag. 
Paul Van Tassel with the 24 months. Thank you so much, brother. I'd like to see Becky and Bailey face each other at WrestleMania instead of Becky and Ronda. Yeah, me too. That's what scares me about Charlotte and Bianca. I have a feeling we're going to get... Listen, this is what we're going to get. We may get Charlotte and Bianca. We may get Becky and Bailey, And we may get Rhea versus Beth Phoenix. That's what we may be getting, man. We may be getting Charlotte for the fucking Raw Women's Championship, man. Holy fucking shit. Jaxo with a $20 super chat. I did not know Tegan Knox was back. What is with her appearance? She threw me off. I thought that was not her for a minute. Also, I like the fact that Cross subtly offered his advice to Ray for his Dominic and Rhea problem. I thought Tegan Knox looked great. I don't know why anybody would expect Tegan Knox to look exactly the same as when we last saw her in NXT. Brian Wilkes with a $1 super chat. Thank you, brother. Put it in the tip jar for the bartenders, man. I don't need it. Jaxo with two $10 super chats. LA Knight got bodied tonight. And during the Howdy promo, it flashed Eater of Worlds Bray for a split second. Don't know where they're going with this, man. Don't know where they're going with any of this. Hologram with a $5 super chat. Who else would like to hear a long, loud fart sound effect when you talk about shit row? That would be dope. OTS for life. I don't think I have anything like that queued up, bro, but I'm sure I could find something. I'm sure I could find something. That would actually go pretty well with shit row. Maybe I need to add some reverb. I may may add some reverb to my fucking roadcaster, and then maybe we could just uh, sing along. Shit row. Shit row. Uh, Donzel, I skipped the Lacey Evans promo again. Oh, man, you know, how could you fucking blame me? How could you blame me for skipping Lacey Evans? She's in the fucking military. Oh, shit. Like, I didn't know that one. Are we really going to get five more weeks of Lacey Evans? The last five or six weeks completely wasted our fucking time. So why would I talk about this next five or six weeks? Great. Another failure waiting to happen is Lacey Evans. Jaxo 23. Put on some music here, man. Uh, Jaxo 23. Hit Row is dead in the water with a $10 super chat. Hit Row is dead in the water without a leader. And Triple H needs to call up Carmelo Hayes and put him in the group immediately. No, he doesn't. Nah. So, you want Carmelo, who's a rising star to be put in a group like Hit Row so that his stock falls. Good thing we don't have Jaxo 23 riding for WWE, man. Demarcus Vaughn, $10 Super Chat. JD, I would love for Asuka to move to SmackDown and challenge Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Something new. Then Asuka versus Shayna Baszler. New, fresh matches. I don't know what Oscar's doing on social media, but it looks like we may be getting the return of Kana. I don't know. 
Looks like she had some new uh, face paint. Cut her hair. New look for Asuka. I don't know what the hell that was about. I don't know if you guys seen that or not. Hollywood guy with a $5 super chat. JD, what are your thoughts on Khan? I just talked about this. It looks like the character of Asuka is dead. I think that Connor should be booked like Roman. Hollywood, if this is uh, if this is legit and this comes to television, we may be getting a serious Oscar. I love it. Uh, Otis, Bobby Roode, glorious Bobby Roode, bro. He had spinal fusion surgery, man. He ain't coming back anytime soon. CRJ209 with 14 months. He says, can I have some? <laughs> what? Not today, Jay, with a 999. Well, my bad on the Wrestle Kingdom date. Someone told me it was two nights. Either I love professional wrestling and want nothing but the best for everyone involved in professional wrestling. No problem, brother. Just giving you what the facts are, man. It was two nights. They now went back to one night because they had a problem selling out the Tokyo Dome for two straight nights, especially during a pandemic, where it's a lot worse over there than it is over here. Daniel Rodriguez with a 499. It's my 35th birthday today. Still don't look my age, and I'm blessed for that. It's the Puerto Rican baby face in me. Shout out to you, my brother, OTS for life. Everybody gives uh, some love and some birthday cake emojis, some whiskey glasses as well for Daniel Rodriguez, man. I'm 40, bro. I don't look 40. I'm getting better with age, man. Like a fine bottle of fucking whiskey. Miss uh, M. James 2000 with a Canadian $5 super chat. When the bloodline betrays Sammy, do you think he'll go back to his old underdog gimmick with short hair? Maybe. 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 We're about to get the hell out of here, guys. I'm gonna let this one play out because I love this fucking song. I appreciate you guys very much, man. I appreciate you guys very much. Hit that thumbs up. Would love if everybody hit the thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. And make sure you guys go check out all the other videos. I'll be live tomorrow night, man. Ring of Honor, Final Battle, NXT Deadline. Should be a big night. And follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo, guys. Thank you for a great night, and I will see you all tomorrow night live right here from the venue on Off The Script. I'm going to let this one play out. Andy James, rock on, brother. I'll see you guys tomorrow.